What's up, guys? My name is Enes. My name is Muhammad. And this is Hoop Talk. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 13 of Hoop Talk. The Lakers have been crowned the 2020 NBA champions. Uh, we're going to discuss a lot about the Lakers versus the Heat series. Um, it turned out to be pretty exciting, to say the least. No one really expected the Heat to win two games against the Lakers. We'll also discuss LeBron's legacy and how him winning this ring in 2020 with everything that's going on, how this impacts his legacy. Finally, we have a segment that we've created. We, we're going to use an article from Bleacher Report. Um, the article is basically about different offseason moves that every NBA team should consider. We'll, we'll only go through about five of those trade ideas for different teams. Um, but just stay tuned for that. We're going to do that at the end of the episode. Muhammad, why don't you start us off with the Heat vs. Lakers recap? The NBA Championship Trophy is back where it belongs, in the city of Los Angeles, to the purple and gold. Um, LeBron James has won Finals MVP, and Anthony Davis has won his first championship. The series started off by looking like the Lakers were going to be mainly on top, um, with the dominant win in Game 1 and Game 2. In Game 3, Jimmy Butler, um, after playing pretty well in game two took over this team after Goran Dragic and uh, Bam Adebayo both suffered injuries and took the heat to a win in game three after that the Lakers pulled out a nail biter in game four also another amazing performance by Jimmy Butler who single-handedly kept his team alive in game five after that the heat um, with Bam Adebayo back, took another win in the series, obviously, which was difficult for a lot of Lakers fans. There were some decisions at the end of the game that led to their loss, such as Danny Green missing the three and Markeith Morris throwing it out of bounds. Obviously, them not winning put something inside of them. LeBron set the tone early. Um, Alex Caruso set the tone early. Almost every player on the team did not they did not give up a single effort until the final whistle the defense their defense yeah. from the start of the game to the end of the game was spectacular while jimmy butler was gassed after you know taking this heat team like through the mud the lakers were able to pull it out though and uh won 106 to 93 and are the new champions of the nba yeah, I mean, uh, if you're a Laker fan, it's been 10 years, and um, it's been, I mean, 10 years isn't really a long time, considering uh, that other NBA teams haven't won in like 100 years, but, you know, 10 years is a long time for Laker fans, you know? Um, <laughs> I wanted to touch on that point where, so in this last game, in game six, I think the main reason the Lakers won it wasn't their, I mean, their defense was impeccable, but I think it was their role players stepping up. I think for the Lakers, it doesn't really matter if LeBron has a great game. Like we saw in game five, he had a 40 point, almost triple double and the Lakers still didn't win. Um, and that was, that was because the Lakers role players did not step up 
Rondo only had about two points, I think. Crusoe had the same. It wasn't it wasn't a good performance from the role players. Danny Green as well. But in game six, what set them apart is Rondo, KCP, Caruso, even Danny Green. They all played incredibly well. And Rondo, I, Rondo was the X factor in this game. He, he was great on defense. He was great on offense. He was creating opportunities for his teammates. He was finishing well at the rim. I mean, he, everything was going the Lakers way. And for the Heat, they were just turning the ball over. They weren't playing good defense. They only had 36 points in the first half. So it was everything was going right for the Lakers and everything was going wrong for the Heat. And those and that combination resulted in the Lakers having at one point in the game, the Lakers had a 30 plus point lead. Um, and it looked like the same thing that happened in game one. Game one, this exact same thing happened. The Lakers came out roaring. Their defense was insane. Um, so yeah, I think the X factor in this game was Rondo and the other role players. They really played a big part. I think the best role player, uh, was probably J.R. Smith. I mean, his, his, uh, his celebrating from the bench was just amazing. I think he really, um, carried the Lakers to victory in that, in that game six game. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would say so. I think one thing is... (laughs) I think one thing, um, Anthony Davis. I think his he's he's take he's leveled up. I think in these playoffs, yeah. I, I'd say he had a pretty solid argument for Finals MVP. But I think it was Game Three that really um, knocked him out of contention and dropped his points per game by a lot. The the reason why LeBron got Finals MVP instead of Anthony Davis, I think, it was because LeBron was consistent throughout all the entire playoffs. Except for maybe one or two games, he was consistent. He was scoring 25 plus points in every single one of their games. He he had a near triple double in almost every other game. Um, and AD he played amazing in the playoffs, but um, there were some stretches where he he would just not do well. For example, the Nuggets series. I think he had like three straight games where he had like two rebounds. Yeah. Um, and then same thing in the in the Heat series. He he didn't play well in Game Five either and uh you you just can't take a game off if you want to win the finals MVP. so um it was it was really well deserved by lebron yeah i think anthony davis um he he definitely moved up in my player rankings um as you know i'm an expert i know so much about basketball i have a basketball podcast and my opinions mean the most yeah so um he moved up a lot this year um and he's he's shown that like even when LeBron struggles, then he'll he'll be a consistent source of offense for the Lakers. So let's talk about LeBron's legacy and how this ring impacts it. I know that some people would maybe put LeBron over Jordan, but I know but most people are gonna put are gonna keep Jordan in their uh, top one. But I think LeBron has really solidified himself in that Mount Rushmore for the all-time greats. This is LeBron's fourth ring and fourth Finals MVP. He's won three rings with three different teams. He's won uh, one one with the Cavs, two with the Heat, and one with the Lakers now. He's the first player in NBA history to win three Finals MVPs with three different teams. And I think that really means a lot in, in how 
when when he goes to a team, the entire team is transformed into into a championship winning team. If if he went to the Hornets right now, they would be a championship. Contender. I mean, well, I mean that's the East. Yeah, but come on. Every single team he goes to, he their entire team just improves dramatically because of the way he's able to share the ball. Um, it's not just all about. But he also him needs like he needs he, players he makes, that like that are complementary to him. You can't have like a hodgepodge of dudes that you found on the street like it was last year. Yeah, let's talk about the Lakers playoff run. Okay? Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll disprove we'll disprove some of some of the theories that people have saying people have been saying. So the first theory is that this was an easy um, run in the playoffs for the Lakers. What do you what do you think about that? I don't um, think that's true. Uh, I mean, most people who said that were Clippers fans or Celtics fans. I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna take away my bias as a Lakers fan here. There's an argument to be made. Sure, that this was this was easy because they didn't face like the greatest teams ever. But there were a lot more things that went into this than just the teams they faced. Like most of these players were without their families. This is in a completely new environment. Like, like, and they didn't have much time to rest between games either. They were playing games back to back to back. Um, like this was a this was a struggle for a team like this. And it, let's not act like the Lakers were the biggest favorites going into these playoffs. Yeah, even going to the season, people had people had the Lakers um, fourth yeah, in the this West, wasn't, and even below. But that. like a lot of, I've seen a lot of talking heads saying that like yo yes this was completely expected like no it wasn't it's not what you said a year ago i'm not saying this team is like some complete underdog who like disproved everybody's expectations but they they did pretty well for like a team that doesn't have too many shooters they found a way to make it work like nobody thought that rondo was going to have 19 points in game six like that's not what rondo does but like you said, Ennis, like the role yeah. players showed up. KCP, no one, no one thought like KCP. Two years ago, Caruso really elevated his game. Yeah, like Caruso's defense was spectacular yeah. on Hero today. Like he just he didn't let him go anywhere. Like KCP two years ago yeah. was getting DUIs on Detroit highways. Like the, the <laughs> like Dwight Howard hit a three today. You know. I also want to give props to the Lakers organization, their coaching staff, and also Rob Polinka. Um, Rob Polinka last year, a lot of people didn't like what he was doing with the Lakers organization and the Lakers team. Um, and this offseason, he brought in players that people thought were gonna do weren't gonna do well, um, such as Dwight Howard. He brought in uh, Rondo. He, they re signed KCP. And all those players turned out to be spectacular. Dwight Howard, obviously, he did amazing in the regular season. In the playoffs, he didn't get much playing time, but he still did. He still did great. Um, Rondo in the playoffs, he did. He he looked like Rondo with the Celtics. The people who who say that this was an easy path to the finals, they're the same people who said the Blazers were going to beat the Lakers in the round one. And then they're the, they're the same people who said the Rockets are going to beat the Lakers in round two. 
same people who said the Nuggets are going to beat the Lakers. And then now the Heat, um, there, was, there were some people who said the Heat <clears throat> were going to beat the Lakers, especially after game five. Um, and I think, I think a big reason why people said this was because the Lakers made it, the Lakers and LeBron made it look easy. They, they beat every single team in five games except for the Heat, which they beat them in six. But that wasn't supposed to happen. They weren't supposed to beat the Rockets in five games. It was supposed to go to six or seven games. The Nuggets as well. It wasn't supposed to go to five games. I mean, they they held each team to only one win. Um, besides the Heat. And they closed out each... Yeah, besides the Heat. The Heat won two games. Um... But yeah, in the first round, the Blazers, they won game one. People thought they were going to beat the Lakers. And then the Lakers won the next four games. Same thing in round two. The Rockets won game one. Then the Lakers won the next four games. And then in game, and then round three, the Lakers win the first two games. The Nuggets win game three. And then now it's like, oh, wow. The Nuggets are, they might have a shot. Nope. The Lakers win the next two games and they advance to the the, the NBA Finals. Now, this NBA Finals series was a little different because the the Heat actually won two games. Um, and the the biggest thing with the Heat, there, there were two things that had to happen for them to win. One, Jimmy Butler had to have 35 points or more and he had to have a triple, and he had to have a triple double. And then the second thing is, uh, some person, it doesn't matter who it is, it could be Bam, it could be Tyler Hero, it could be Duncan Robinson, but one of those people have has to have at least 25 points or more. And if those two things happen, then it's like 80% heat win. Um, and obviously, Jimmy Butler's not going to be able to do that every single game. And I was actually surprised that he did that in game five. I didn't think he could pull off another 35 plus point triple double um but but he he looked absolutely exhausted in game six like and he's been playing he's been playing 42 minutes in the finals which is six more minutes than he usually plays um and he usually plays 36 minutes in the playoffs i think they might need to retool a little bit i know this is really random but like i think Maybe switch Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk. That's just like, or trade Kelly Olynyk for like, for maybe another small forward, because um, Jimmy Butler kind of runs point at time. I mean, obviously, I don't know how the system works over there. I'm just saying, give Myers Leonard more minutes. I'm saying, give Kelly Olynyk more minutes. Well, I'm gonna have to disagree because, with you, man. And, and that's I'm, I I'm yeah, I'm disagreeing with you, man. What, why are you disagreeing with me? I think that Kelly Olynyk hasn't been good since 2018. And I think that Myers Leonard's a better three-point shooter than him. And I also think... Yes, what? bro! Okay, we'll look at the numbers. That's it. Last no. time we did this, Ennis, you know what I... happened? You know what happened, Ennis? What? I schooled you on LeBron. What? <laughs> His three-point percentage this year was 41%. Well, in his NBA career, it's thirty nine percent. So we'll just Kelly go off Olenek's that. Kelly right? last year was thirty five percent. 
I think that Miles Myers Leonard's role is to um, be the hype man on the bench, just like I hype think Kelly Olynyk's role you know, is to look like a gay man who snuck onto an NBA team. A hippie. A hippie. I think Kelly Olynyk's role on the Heat is to look like the hippie that wandered onto the team. That's just what I'm saying, man. I think I think they should have put Kelly Olynyk. Uh, Kelly Olynyk um in instead of Myers Leonard because I mean he, I mean he might have a worse three-point percentage than than Myers Leonard, Leonard in, grabs in more playoff, rebounds in the playoffs the I've minutes seen, he gets than Kelly Olynyk yeah but in in these playoffs Kelly on the Kelly Olynyk has um has shot way better than Myers Leonard because they gave him no no we didn't okay you know what we're doing this again he shot 33 percent all right I'm right. Um, I am right. NS is okay, wrong. Fine. fine. Myers, Myers Leonard. Whatever. I am right. But you think he should have been there instead of Bam? When did I say that? But like you said they should play yeah, him. Yeah. They should play him instead of Kelly Olynyk. But Kelly Olynyk never plays. Yep. Except for when Bam Kelly Olynyk averaged 15 minutes per game in the playoffs. We could go all day. Alright guys, now we just have a couple words about our sponsor, Anchor. After the break, we're going to be going through different off-season moves that teams could do. Alright guys, now we're going to talk about trades that every single team should do in the off-season. We're getting all our information from an article from Bleacher Report, just so you know. So in this trade, the Nuggets would receive buddy healed and the kings would receive gary harris kita bates diop the 2020 first round pick and the 2022 first round pick which is lottery protected Muhammad, what do you think about this trade i think uh the nuggets give up a little bit too much here for buddy yield obviously he's an amazing shoot with gary harris not getting traded then that would open up another spot in the rotation buddy yield to shine then again his defense isn't like anything special so they would have to cover it up by probably having jeremy grant yeah they would resign him yeah um they would probably have to cover up by playing jeremy grant more minutes something like that um since gary harris's defense is better than buddy yields but his offensive production has dipped significantly the past two years i mean i guess i i could see how this would be a fair trade but I think maybe Sacramento throws in a second rounder just to even it out a little bit. Um, Salary-wise, this all fits. Gary Harris um, and Key Debates Diop. I think that's that's around. Buddy Yields making like $15, $15 million. Not $15. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Yields making like $15 million per year right now on a team that he doesn't want to be on. I don't know how much he would score on the Nuggets because he would obviously compensate for Gary Harris's production. But... I think this could be a, a good trade for the Nuggets if they really want to pick up another shooter. Yeah, and I think the Nuggets having that third star is really important to them and their team. And I feel like they would definitely be a much better team with Buddy Heald, um, even though they would lose Gary Harris. I think it would. I think the Nuggets should do whatever they can to get a third star. It doesn't have to be a Buddy Heald, but same. The next trade we're going to talk about is Bradley Beal to the Grizzlies. And in this trade, the Grizzlies would receive Bradley Beal. And the Wizards would receive Brandon Clark, Justice Winslow, 
Dylan Brooks, a 2020 first-round pick, and a 2022 first-round pick. It seems like the the like who else did the Grizzlies have? They only have Jaw and Jaron Jackson Jr., right? Um, well, they're trading away um Dylan Brooks, who's the third leading scorer on their team, and then I'd yeah. say um Jonas Valanciunas is a solid rebounder who plays pretty mediocre defense. So I would say um I would say take out Brandon Clark and Justice Winslow because Justice Winslow has been god awful since he left the Miami Heat. Um Brandon Clark's production it's it's solid, but it's it's um I mean he's not amazing, but I'd say take out one first round pick and throw in Jonas Valanciunas. And the only reason I'm saying that cuz I think this deal like the original deal that Bleacher Report suggested is solid, which is weird since it's Bleacher Report. But like the Washington Wizards have been reluctant to trade any like to even take offers for Bradley Beal. Because remember when the Lakers were trying to pick him up? Yeah. Like they just weren't even. They always said there was like talks going on, but there was nothing actually happening because they just won't give him up. Like John Wall was gonna be was looking for trade options around 2017 before he signed the big before he signed his big contract, and. They wanted too much for him. So uh, if Washington's willing to go into like the full rebuild here and get rid of Bradley Beal and then pick up some younger players like Brandon Clark and Dylan Brooks, then um, I guess this would be good for them. But I doubt that they would take this deal. Wait, hold on. You you want to you wanna take out a pick and then throw in Valanciunas? I know. I'm saying that's what the Wizards would want. I think this trade is fine as it is. They would they would want Valanciunas, Clark, Winslow, and Brooks, and a pick. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Bradley Beal is a good player. He averaged thirty points, but he was on the Wizards. Like anyone can average. 30. I mean, not anyone, but like it's easier to average thirty points when you're on the Wizards. He's still a good player, but he's not worth those four players on the Grizzlies. Um, but if the if those Wizards do accept this trade. I think they should go, just go full rebuild mode, um, and they already their whole team is basically all young players. I mean, you have Isaac Isaac Bonga, Mo Wagner, uh, Roy Hachimura, Thomas Bryant. They're, those are all really young players. Um, and then in in this trade, they're picking up a lot of other young players, except for Justice Winslow. Um, so I think I think this would be a really good trade for the Wizards. And the Grizzlies. The next trade has been coming up recently. So I think th- this trade is Chris Ball to the Bucks. The Bucks, the Bucks would receive Chris Ball, and the Thunder would receive Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, Ursan Ilyasova, and DJ Wilson. I think for the Bucks, this would be an, an amazing trade for the Bucks to do because their number one priority right now. Is to keep Giannis. They can't trade him away this season, um, but next season they're gonna want to keep him around for free agency. Um, he's not a free agent this off season, but the next off season after this one, he's gonna be a free agent, and they're gonna want to convince him that they can bring in other stars. And I think this year, if they bring in Chris Paul, that would mean a whole lot to Giannis. 
and um, it would definitely influence his, his decision when he becomes a free agent. What do you think? I think this is the best move Milwaukee can make right now, like you said, to keep Giannis in Milwaukee. Obviously, uh, next year, they'll be able to sign him to the biggest contract in NBA history. And Chris Paul this year did was had an amazing comeback season for the Thunder. He became the floor general that we all knew him to be, being extremely efficient from the field, efficient from three, like just taking this Thunder team to places where people didn't think they could go this year, obviously going into the um, um, taking the Houston Rockets to seven games. Um, and he's he's made some some interesting comments when it comes to uh, when it comes to the Thunder. He said, yeah, I had a great time playing here, like past tense even. I, I, obviously, he's looking for as many options as possible, but I think this is this is what can fit his needs the best because he's. Remember in the playoffs, Milwaukee just lacked a shot creator. Somebody that could do it off the dribble, could use the pick and roll. That's what Chris Paul is. He can do all of that. So I'm hoping, well, I'm not hoping because I don't want the Bucks to win. Um, <laughs> but this um, this looks like it's the most likely trade to happen this offseason. George Hill and Eric Bledsoe, that's, um, I would try my best to keep George Hill. I would try my absolute best to try to keep George Hill, trade away Ursani Lusova and DJ Wilson and throw in like like a first rounder in a second. Because George Hill, while I know he's going to be replaced by Chris Paul, but having him as a backup this year was like he was the most efficient player in the league. He was on a 50-40-90 and um, shot 96% from the free throw line. And um, while they only did get through one round of the playoffs this year, um, he did play great in both series, but if um, if that's what it takes to, to get Chris Paul, then you have to do that. And um, just for yeah. the last thing, since Chris Paul has two years left on his gigantic contract and they'll dump Eric Bledsoe, then they'll have more than enough cap space to sign him, which isn't a problem for them. Yeah, and I think them trading away their two guards... It, this could be the right move, but do they do they have any other guards on their team other than Bledsoe? Um, and, they have Dante and DiVincenzo, and uh, I guess Middleton is kind of a guard, but yeah. But like, I'm I'm just wondering, like, who who would play backup for? Uh, Chris That's what Paul. I'm saying. I'm saying you should try to do your best to yeah. get George Hill, because I'm not saying yeah. that Chris Paul is going to get injured, but Chris Paul is going to get injured at some point in the season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like. Obviously, that's like, I think you, because you need to space out his minutes to where you can play him the best in the, in, in the playoffs. Cause that's when Milwaukee's going to need him the most. Cause this team was fine without a Chris Paul and still was first in the East. So that's why I'm saying you should try your best to keep the, to keep George Hill. The final trade we're going to talk about is TJ Warren to the Blazers. Um, the Blazers would receive TJ Warren and TJ McConnell, two TJs. The Pacers would receive Trevor Ariza and the 2020 first round pick. That's a lot of point guards for um for the Blazers because they have Afrony Simons, they have who, who's Gary Trent Jr., Damian Lillard, and then T.J. McConnell. That's four point guards. Obviously, you can Wait. you can yeah. This seems to me like a lopsided deal. I mean, Trevor Ariza isn't isn't really that good. Uh, no, and but it, it's, it's the unprotected a- first-round pick. That's like, 
I would say throw in a second or um or or maybe like I said trade one of your point guards. Yeah, I feel like the Blazers are are getting are getting the the most out of this deal. I mean, they're getting TJ Warren who who's shown that he can be a great role player or like a borderline all-star. Um and then you and then they also get TJ McConnell who's like an added bonus. And then you're only giving up Trevor Ariza. I feel like that's really good for the Blazers. Also, if the Pacers were, were to accept this deal, this would be really good. Um, I don't know how long Carmelo Anthony can play at the level he did in the bubble, but he played really well in the bubble. Like, yeah. the Bleacher Report's acting like he just doesn't exist here, and TJ Warren's going to be their third scoring option. But... Um, also, they're using this McConnell's racking up 9.6 assists per 36 minutes. The per 36 minutes stat doesn't make a lot of sense to me just because that's so situational to where, because the reason they're a role player is because they can't play 36 minutes. So yeah. they wouldn't average nine assists in 36 minutes because they're not good enough to do that. But McConnell's averaging, let's see what he's actually averaging. Obviously, he's a solid backup point guard who's somewhat of a shot creator. I don't like that's four point guards for the Blazers. I wouldn't. Uh, I would give away Gary Trent Jr. and maybe Africa yeah. Simons. Like you said, Ennis, this is a lot better for the Blazers than it is for um, obviously the 2021st round pick. It's unprotected. That's worth a lot. But Trevor Ariza is kind of garbage now. Yeah. Um, TJ Warren is is a really good player. Yeah. Um. He, he. Him alone is probably worth more than Trevor Reason, a twenty twenty first round pick. Yeah. So. And then on top of that, they're adding they're adding TJ McConnell. So. I don't know. Um. I don't think that. If anything, I think. Um. I don't think TJ McConnell is tall enough to fit what the. I mean, obviously the Blazers. If the Blazers had like the Rockets wings, like a PJ Tucker and a Robert Covington then they would be set. Like, I think they could be, like, a potential, like, second seed team if they had that. Thank you guys so much for listening to Hoop Talk, episode 13. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean a lot to us. Also, if you guys could check out our YouTube channel. As of right now, I think by the time this episode releases, we'll have two videos up. Stay tuned for our episodes. We drop an episode every Tuesday. And peace.